Right guys, how are we doing? Okay, so this is sort of a um, an episode for the podcast, but it's sort of generally just a conversation that I'm having um, with my good friend Chris. Now, me and Chris first met um, quite a few years ago. It was in the gym when I first did my personal training qualification. Um, and how we actually connected so much was that we had the same sort of beliefs of sort of how we should train to get results. Um, and then how we've sort of connected over the years. Now, me and Chris have known each other for many years. And on our journey, when we've known each other, we've been working in, in different gym environments that we're not necessarily, we were teaching things that not necessarily we actually believed in. And over the years, we've actually been able to create our own gyms, like Chris is a gym, gym, gym owner like myself. And we actually now are in control of how we actually feel that people should train to get results. And it's exactly in line with our beliefs as well. And I think that is very important for any, any gym, really. If the people that are teaching the sessions should actually train that way themselves and they should believe that that is the best way because that is the only way really to get people the results that they deserve. And it's the only way you're going to really have passion about what we're doing. So that's why me and Chris were having a conversation earlier today. And we thought, why don't we record it? Because we've had a lot of experiences with dieting, maybe taking dieting too far, getting our results and then rebounding. We've both done many, many times. And we thought people would learn a lot from this conversation. So Chris, you give a quick introduction, mate. Uh, sure, mate. Okay, so my name's Chris. Um, I'm the owner and founder of Ultimate Health and Fitness. Um, we predominantly focus our efforts on training small groups. Um, initially, we focus on taking our clients through a very much a habit-based approach um, with the kind of um, the idea of improving their habits, behaviors, and overall, overall mindset regarding um, exercise and nutrition. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to take this conversation through like it's not necessarily an interview because I've got like obviously a lot of topics that I want to cover myself and like I said, because we're so similar minds as well, um, it will be get, it would great to really just see how the conversation flows and then see obviously we're going to do things differently. We might do things with our clients differently, but it would definitely be good for our clients to see this sort of conversation or listen to this conversation. So um, the first topic I wanted just to discuss really was the our experiences with dieting, like Dieting, as in, like, not necessarily like when you first, when I first discovered getting in shape, um, like I dipped my toe in the water of getting in shape. It was like, right, I'll try it, and then I read it, then I didn't, and I didn't. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And it was once until I committed to a short-term program that was what actually finally got me seeing results. So I'd look in the mirror, and I would actually, you know, I actually like my body shape. So I'd actually be more committed to the gym, and that kicked off. Um, me at my actual love for the gym and actually kicked off and actually getting results really so I actually could see this um, during my time this has led me down many different paths a lot of paths maybe taking it too far rebounding and so what I wanted really this topic to be is what what's your experience Chris with dieting like how have you how did you get in shape in the first place and then where has it actually took you yeah, so my journey kind of started more, more from a kind of sporting background. I was young, I used to play a lot of rugby. Um, so I always had a real big interest in weightlifting, weight training, and pretty much experience, you know, um, did that for quite a number of years first. Um, and then actually I finished um, sort of playing rugby due to an injury. Um, and then I sort of took up uh, weight training on more of a bodybuilding type stance. And of course, you know, you can only utilize the information that you, that you know, that you have in front of you. And it's also going back quite a number of years now. Um, so, you know, I was on that sort of typical mindset where 
you know, in order to get in shape, that obviously we'd have to train the sort of bro splits, you know, international chest, um, <laughs> one day, et cetera. And, you know, in terms of dieting, it's very much excessive um, um, dropping calories with, you know, quite a low carb approach. And to complement that, it would be like a quite excessive um, view on sort of doing lots of sort of cardio on top of that as well. So became quite sort of consuming in my life. Um, the, the thing I've learned as I've got older really is that, you know, you no longer can obviously need to take that approach and you no longer should. It does have an impact on, you know, all the external stuff, family, kids. Um, and uh, some people do it very well. That's, there's no, you know, discrediting that. But, you know, for 99% of the people, our general population, you know, we can't take ourselves to that point where we just literally um, become very selfish and it becomes, you know, a thing that we just purely 100% focus on with that tunnel vision. And, you know, I think that was my kind of first niche experience is just kind of really having a very consumed approach towards it. Um, and, you know, and then it just became a vicious cycle of, yeah, trying to get in really good shape and then trying to add muscle increase my calorie load and things like that to excess of the mass. It just, it's very much extremes, the extremities all the time. There was never kind of a middle area where I was kind of happy. It was almost like when I wanted to build more muscle, I'd eat excessively, train excessively, and you know, and then I sort of come back to the other direction when I wasn't happy with where I was. So it was just constantly a yo-yo effect, really, um, throughout the sort of initial few years. And of course, when we start to um, gain knowledge, experience, talk to others, then it just became, okay, let's implement that and then obviously apply it and then see what happens. And it is, it is very much an experimental game to begin with. But of course, nowadays we are, uh, we have a luxury of, of some sort of being around great minds. Uh, I know me and Carl follow and, um, you know, very similar people that we have around us. Met, we've both been mentored um, on different levels as well. Um, so we've gained a lot of knowledge as well as a lot of experience. And, you know, with that, our own, our own kind of, body development, body composition development and physique has, has come on a lot. So yeah, my first initial experiences were, were pretty, were pretty awful to be honest. Um, you know, but, um, I think the, the sort of, the sort of tipping point for me was, you know, sort of quite a number of years ago when I first um, got with uh, my coach Lee, um, and, um, you know, we, we took a very different approach on things and a lot of it was revolved around mindset, optimizing health, um, and um, just get myself in the best possible position, really, um, to get in good shape, and then teaching myself to sustain that uh, uh, over a longer period of time. Mm. Definitely, I think that's cool. touched on the main point there because me personally, as well, like you say, obviously we've got coaches um, and we're both CPTs, and but we've got coaches. And I think I thought of one thing that I missed massively was that because it was because like an extreme, not an extreme approach, like a short time program and um, got me in shape in the first place I sort of didn't really understand the value of doing that so I just thought because it actually really got me in shape that's when I started to take it a little bit too far so I thought more was better more was better and actually in reality um, it wasn't it was the committing to the process knuckling down which I always think you should knuckle down for a certain period of time it's only like you would do if you were studying for an exam or something like that you just you knuckle down for a certain period of time to get a specific result. Um, but if you have somebody accountable and you can talk about your feelings and your goals, I think that is the key to a short-term program. Because like when I when I do when I used to do a short-term program, I never used to have a coach. Like and I used to just like smash myself. And I think I, I didn't think I was getting leaner, so I'd make myself even a little hungry. I'd bring my calories down, I'd train more and more. And at the end of it, I feel like crap. 
Um, whereas if you have somebody to bounce things off and you think, right, well, because if you're feeling like crap all the time and your goal is just to drop a little bit of body fat and feel a little bit leaner as a, as a client's perspective, then your coach will say, right, well, you need to bring your calories up or you need to stop being so like starving. Or maybe you need to stop smashing yourself into the gym as much. So having that coach, I think, is yeah. really the key to really sort of understanding when how to take a short-term program. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's isn't it about the hair in a toy toy? You know, it's, it's not a rush, isn't it? You know, it's not as if, unless you've got a time-bound goal, uh, such as a wedding or a holiday, then, you know, there is a, it has to be a bit more of a, a measured, a very much a measured uh, approach in place. Um, you do have to dial in quite a lot more, but it's understanding that is, you know, a short-term thing, but we need to make sure you, you're layering stuff in, like developing better habits and routines, behaviours, that's going to help you sustain that as a long-term. But it's also accepting to yourself that, you know, I think, having acceptance is that you if you do extremely lean then you have to know that you can't unless you're genetically gifted then you're not going to be able to sustain that long term and i think it's important at this moment in time to differentiate you know getting lean but then getting shredded because a lot of people think their goal is in right well they see that guy on social media and they get absolutely shredded to the bone probably five percent six percent body fat and they, they see that as their goal and it's, it's very, that's, that's very different from just getting lean, isn't it? You know, in terms of 10%, 40% body fat for a guy, you will look pretty damn good. And to get to that point in time and that physique, you don't have to go to them extremes. And it's only when you go to them extremes is when you run into the implications psychologically and uh, physiologically that they, that's then going to have a, a negative impact going forward. And also we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's a good time to go, to go into it, really, because I think the, um, like the, the rebound phase is such where, like, I know me and you have obviously, we've rebounded massively. And what rebound rebounded is probably committing to a program, but not doing it as an, a, in a, sense, a sensible way. So obviously, we were trying to get absolutely shredded. Um, and from a client's perspective, yeah. I think what they try to do when they do rebound is try to do too many things so they still really want to go out and drink loads and still want to eat loads of bad food still want to do this but then they have this picture in the head what they want to achieve and it's like really super low levels of body fat but what that causes then is that causes people if they're still cheating on the diet at the start of the program then they just really go really hungry push too far to like halfway through the program and then end up rebounding at the back at the back end and i think it's very important to really understand exactly what you want out of it understand that like because you, you can get a very good physique pretty much the physique, probably the results of being you both put out for our gyms um, but you don't have to be absolutely shredded and you can still have a very good physique committing down to a program just we're having a lot of flexibility in your life and i think it's one is having that in in, in mind and why i rebounded um, and this is my experience of, of rebounding was that like I thought I thought personal trainers had to be shredded at least at some point and I did a lot of it literally just because I thought I had to show people not necessarily even show myself but show people I could get in amazing shape um, and then I didn't really have any any experience of like what to do when I got there like because I wasn't I never had any desire my thing was when I only took always took it too far I never had any desire to like compete or like be, use bodybuilding as a sport. So 
I did I shouldn't have ever done that really. I should have just cut myself to probably about ten percent body fat with a nice set of abs and just and maintained it there, which we're gonna talk about later in the conversation. But that was my experience. Right? I think that's that as well. Like I think we we've all done it and I think you know we've all got ourselves in super crazy shape and we've got to question ourselves to why we did that. And I think a lot of it is to do to become accepted um, in the industry and we feel that you know nobody's gonna to want to train with us not super shredded. Um, when quite the opposite is is sometimes true. Um, I, I don't, you know, I personally think that you know you should be in good shape. You should represent your brand well, and obviously, you know, obviously preach, um, not preach, but show what you preach. Essentially, I think that's really important. Um, but you know, you got to think that when the majority of us get into that shape, and clears guy competed, I know, you know, how much I suffered, and I know how much everything around me suffered you know not only was i physically exhausted my mind was completely focused on food it was focused on training it was focused purely on that goal and you do not realize at a time that how much that impacts on your whole other aspect of your life so your work your ability to function your health which is a whole subject in itself and your family and i think that was the kind of tipping point for me is that you know this is not the way forward for me because it's having such a negative impact on everything else around me and that's when I thought to think that you know, I need to have some balance in my life and, it's, and not worry about the fact that, okay, if I go and have, you know, a off-plan meal or what I've called a cheat meal, that I, I view that as a cheat meal and it's like a, it becomes a binge. It's almost like a, a fancy word for a binge, a glorified word for a binge almost, you know. It's, and it, people use that to just kind of cover the fact that it's actually an unhealthy relationship with food. And I think that's one thing I, you know, focus a lot on clients is that, building up that healthy relationship with food. Don't look at food as it's good. Don't look at food as if it's bad. You know, obviously in our diet, we want to make sure we've got health-promoting health foods, wholesome foods. You know, we have to value that because that's going to give our bodies the essential nutrients to obviously op, uh, function optimally from a, uh, inside out. And, you know, that's, that's a starting point, but we have to give ourselves a bit of flexibility there to account for social life um, although our social lives at the moment are pretty non-existent but in normal circumstances you know it's very much a part of what we do it's a part of part of us and it's not then thinking oh i feel guilty you know or get anxiety about going out i mean a lot of i can remember going out, uh, out for a meal and i'm like i was literally looking at the menu i was like I was, I was miserable because i just think i can't eat that i can't eat that but looking back on that i'm thinking that's crazy you know the, the impact that had on my mental health was absolutely crazy and now it's like you know, I don't have to really look at that in that, that way. And I can still maintain a relatively good body composition. I can, you know, I can have a beer at the weekend, but it's like, say, all in moderation. And it's just learning how to balance things. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to have a couple of beers this weekend, but I'm certainly going to be training Sunday morning, or I'm going to get an extra few steps in to kind of almost counteract that. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not an effort. It's not an effort to do that. It's about, it's how, that's how, you know, it's, it's becoming intrinsic with that sort of stuff that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree, 100% agree. And I think our experiences, I think this is a good time now to talk about the programs that we offer to our clients as well, because like I think our experiences, again, this comes back to the point of when you create a gym or something that you entirely believe in the training process, you can be so, you can help so more many people with, with the structure that you have. So like all my experiences that I had from dieting, taking it too far and not having a coach to being accountable for, I've sort of brought all that into our, our program. So we've got a six week program 
um, which we'll, we'll talk about in depth. I've got a 12 week program now, I've got an eight week online program. Um, and the, the key things that I try to drill into people now for, from, from my experiences from that is one, understand that the only ring, thing that really matters now for this goal is that you put 110% effort in. As long as you put 110% effort in, you'll be happy with, with the results that you get as a byproduct. But also have realistic expectations of what you actually want to achieve. Um, so, like, and then if someone, and then communicate with your coach with that, because if someone was showing us a picture of someone with absolute shredded, we can say, look, you know, you, you're not actually don't need to get take it like that. And have, to have realistic expectations. Your know, people still want abs; they still want you know a decent physique, which you can get without taking it too far. Um, and one of the you mentioned then about restrictive dieting and like one of the things that I, and I did and I, and I openly admit when, when I was training people out in my garage and even books in the first THQ, we didn't get people to track calories on the program because I was like, look, sit down, eat quality meals. That's all you have to do. If it's just plain chicken, plain veg, because that's what I was doing. That's what I sort of put in. And I think even though the basic principles are still right, you still should sit down, eat quality meals, eat quality food, and that will never leave you. You do need to have an understanding of how many calories you're consuming so you can have that flexible approach a little bit over the course of a specific program. So um, what we do is a quick, a quick brief is that on our six-week program is more about getting people sitting down, eating decent meals, getting into that habit. Now, they're not going to take it too far because they're right at the start of the journey. So it's more just getting into the habit, getting into the consistent amount of meals. Then the 12-week shoot program is when we get a little bit more specific. And because it's more of an intense program, it's a program that we don't take people past 10% body fat. Like we've trained probably three people in the six years past 10% body fat because that's something that does cause rebound that has done for me anyway. Um, and that, that's when we get people to track calories because it's more of an intense program, because it's going to really get them their final push and their final result then we get into track calories so they have that little bit of flexibility. And that was the experience that I learned from not tracking calories. Because every time I diet before I rebounded, I didn't track calories. I just like ate well, right? And it and, and, and then it was far too restrictive. Like I wouldn't have any sauces, I wouldn't have anything. And um, and, I, and I probably it probably took me many years to really get into that that place. And once I'd switched this way, uh, well, to, to, once we've got many clients performing that, like I still actually found myself still, still going a little bit too extreme because I thought I still had to lead by example. And when I finally didn't, I was, when I finally met like this year, um, as I got, well, I got married last year, sorry. Um, I started my diet and I thought now is the time to listen to my own advice, right? I need to get a coach so I don't take it too far. I need to track calories this time so I can have more flexibility. And I need to make sure that I, I maintain it this time. And I have maintained it this time because I took myself to like 10% body fat and then I held it there. I didn't push anymore just to be super shredded. And I think one of the reasons was I didn't want to have no energy on my wedding. So that helped. But I had a coach and I explained my goals to him. I said, look, I don't want to rebound. I always rebound. So he was happy for me to stay there. And because I had another personal trainer, I was saying happy for me to stay there. During this time, I was still having a little bit of drink and I, was, I didn't drink towards the last six weeks, but I was still having a lot more flexibility. And I think when I actually finally listened to the, all the advice that I was giving myself, I actually maintained the result. And I think that's, that's sort of the experience. So tell us about, about the programs that you do, Chris, and how that sort of 
been a reflection of what you've learned over the years? Yeah, so with, with Ultimate Health Fitness, we, we are pretty much kind of renowned initially for um, our 30-day uh, reset program. Um, and as I mentioned at the very start, is that this program, um, you know, is essentially all about um, changing habits, um, improving people's mindset, improving people's um, education and knowledge around sort of nutrition, training, giving them the hows and whys, essentially, really sort of um, letting us sort of saturate all that information and obviously apply it in a, in a very a very step-by-step way because I think like you said at the beginning a lot of people you know it's a have this all or nothing approach it's like they give everything or nothing at all and the most success is going to come from and get in terms of getting results is going to come from you know again applying that sort of toy toys and hair strategy so try not to be the hair that just kind of rushes off and dives you know dies before they get to line and then where their hair sort of um past you know it's about sort of taking one step at a time focus on one thing at a time so it's obviously looking at okay what's that client's biggest limitation what's their biggest struggle biggest challenge right now okay what step or um, action step can we implement to help them overcome that and then that might be a case of looking at their behaviors around certain things you know is it the fact that they are you know having nighttime nibbles okay how can we overcome that you know without let you know right without kind of pulling back and restricting them too much and then looking at that and change behavior, you know, look at behaviors and habits over that first initial sort of four weeks. And whilst we're in the gym, we're looking to really improve their, um, their skill level, you know, of executing certain movements, you know, kind of make key movements, look, you know, we'll also talk about weight training here, strength training, uh, looking at compound movements and helping them improve that over that period of time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, overall, like yourself, Carl, and for me having a coach is that, you know, it's that accountability and that support is, you know, is worth 10 times what you invest. Um, you know, I think the people that relate best to this are the people that are, you know, things that are, you know, directors in businesses or um, the financial industry, whatever it might be, you know, that have mentors. You know, if you look at, you know, people like Steve Jobs, you look at, they've all, um, Richard Branson, they all have kind of people, you know, advisors, mentors, coaches, you know, it may not be on that particular their particular industry. It might be on mindset. It might be an NLP coach. But it just shows you that um, we all require you know that sort of accountability, support, accountable too, and someone to help reassure us because we all have that feeling of self doubt and overwhelm and anxiety at certain points. That's part of humans as what we experience. It's how you manage and cope with those. And if you've got somebody there to help you guide through that, then your success rate will be tenfold of what it is right now. Mm. So yeah, in terms of like that's in terms of our thirty day program, that's essentially what we do, uh, and then on from that, we uh, very much like yourself, Carl, is we we have a twelve week um, transformation program, and it's again like yourself, we don't allow people to go onto that unless they sort of laid the foundations. The way we kind of analogise this for, for a lot of our clients is that you know, a house is only as strong as its foundations, so you've got to make sure you're digging strong foundations, looking at habits, looking at routines, looking at behaviours making sure that emotionally, mentally, physically, and, and also from a health perspective, the best possible place. And then you can take them on that journey, or then we take them on that journey of that 12 week transformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's why they get the results. It isn't just a case of someone turns up, okay, I'm gonna do a 12 week transformation. If it happens like that, and the people that do that, like very much our, our experiences in the past, we always rebound back from that. Mm-hmm. And we get this picture where in 12 weeks after their transformation shoot, they're kind of gone back to their starting point. And as a coach, 
that isn't that isn't doesn't define a success you know um it's what they're like after you know 12 months after a year after when we see clients in a year's time or anything and they're seeing that the fact that they're staying lean and they're eating doing what we're doing essentially at the initial stages then you know as a coach then that's that gives us great satisfaction so that's what it's all about for us really yeah 100 i agree entirely that's exactly why we don't you know we don't it's not like when we do a six-week program into introduction program we don't let anybody do the shoot straight away we don't say that as soon as you do the six weeks, you have to do the shoot. Like a lot of people wait a couple of months and then they do the shoot. It's like we always say that the shoot is something that you should do when you are ready uh, because it will completely change. It will give you a new lease of life, but it will also, it will if you do it before you're ready or you don't listen to doing it the way we are doing it, like like myself who didn't listen to my own advice, it will be something that you rebound because it's a, um, it, it can be a fresh diet. But you've got to, you've got to take it, because, like, I think, because a lot of, I think, until people do it as short in the program and actually see results, because I think as, as humans, we're very efficient. So short-term programs have to work for people because no, if, if you say to somebody, like, we can, be, we can coach people and say, realistic, this is going to take you this far. But if you say to someone, right, I want to get in shape, you're not going to be in nowhere near you want to be till the next 18 months. As humans, we're going to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I can't yeah. do that. Like, it's, just, it's just like, you, we just wouldn't do it. So we have to, we have to commit to a certain, for a certain period of time to get a result, to see it, to get that motivation to keep going back because otherwise, what's the point in going back here? Because if I went to the gym and I didn't see any results, then I would quit. And that's why I think, again, why people quit as well. So it's... Uh, I think, I think that's why... I was just going to say that, you know, I think this is why it's, it, we, for us, we focus a lot on the short-term um, goals. And, it, it, you know, it's, for example, like we, we do like um, a 28-day um, sort of habit track and we gamify this. So we, we list the habits that we want our clients to, to focus on and then they have to tick the boxes. But we also, with that, you know, that initial sort of change in, in habits and routines, we don't say, look, it doesn't need to be 100%. If you can work on the basis of 180% and be consistent, because sometimes I, I guess I sort of say to our clients, strive for consistency and not perfection. You'll not achieve perfection because life isn't um, that way. You know, you just got to be consistent. And consistent doesn't mean you're 100% all the time. If you can be 80% all the time, um, that's going to get, you know, get better results in the, in the sort of long term as well, make it more sustainable. Um, you know, and because I think the also thing, you know, to consider as well is that we've got to focus on the sort of 1%, the small wins every single day. Um, we just did a, a little online challenge uh, for our clients. Um, it was like a little 10-day challenge. And we just set them five things to focus on over the 10 days. And then each day they, they checked in at the end of the day um, with a little emoji on our, on our group. And they just said what they've done and what haven't done. So it was literally a combination of things like meditation, stretching, um, reading, you know, just all things that focus on um, self-development self-care and productivity so you know if we can you know we, we focus a lot initially in this period of time it's keeping the mind stimulated so it's almost as a bit of distraction away from what's going off in it in this in a time and that's very much how we do things a lot of time anyway but you know but with them sort of everyday little wins they say oh yeah i read an hour i read for an hour today on, a, on this topic and i meditated i stretched you accumulate all these little wins and all wins add up to big prizes as we like to say and it's so rather than focusing on the mountain, because the mountain can leap, seem like a, you, come out over, you get a lot of overwhelm, a lot of anxiety with that. It seems too far. But if we could just focus on that next step 
Then when we get to our next initial step, first and next step. And over time, you start to think, ah, well, I'm actually making really good progress. So looking at wins as opposed to, you know, big targets in the short term can have a massive um, effect on improving confidence. So feeling that you've achieved something, that you've done something, which improves confidence as well. Um, and you, you start to feel that you can do things. And that's really important when you're, you're on a journey um, such as this. I hope that sounds yeah. okay, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I agree entirely. And I think it's the, the main thing that people need to how they get confidence is effort. Like the only way you can, the only way that you'll lose confidence is if you don't really put true effort in. Like a lot of people that don't maintain results are the people that didn't really put 100% effort in. So yeah, they're not happy, but they're not happy with the results, but they're more not happy with their own commitment, I would say. Like, so if, but if you, yeah. cause I've had a lot of people put, look, literally, committed so much 100% give everything they could yes they wasn't happy with the result but speak to that look at that person 12 months later they've done three or four more shoots and they're actually finally at that um, the point where they want to be because when they finished the first one they were full of confidence and they continued going um, so I think that's that's a, that's a good point as well to just sort of chuck in there yeah I think it's important yeah it goes back to like you know you you if you're going to do this sort of thing, you need to be motivated to change. You don't necessarily be motivated to actually um, train or exercise or um, make changes to your diet, but you need to be motivated to change in your own head. You know, you need to be at that point. Uh, we call it the, um, the contemplation scale. You know, you need to be at that point where you are contemplating actually taking action, you know, and it, sometimes it takes a long time for people to go along that thing. And that's okay. Not everybody's, at that point now where they want to take action, but we need to, we need to make sure we're feeding that and doing things to help us take us along that spectrum, to the point where we're ready to take action. Once you're ready to take action, that is where us as coaches can certainly help you the most. And that's where we know we can get you the best results because you're in a point where you are ready to take action and fulfill obviously your goals, which is important as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This is cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's where, well, we can probably leave it there. I think a lot of people have got a lot out of this conversation. I'm sure they have anyway. Um, and it's been it's been brilliant talking to you, mate. Yeah, uh, no, you too, mate. I've really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, hopefully it won't be too long till we catch up in the gym again. Now come down. Big session. Yeah. Uh, six weeks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that, mate. So, yeah. awesome, on. matey. You too. Cheers, brother. Chris. Thank you. Take care, mate. Cheers, Carl. Thank you.